As usual, I asked our guest Justin Edwards to pound the table for someone this offseason. Justin, who you pounded the table for? I am pounding the table for the Cincinnati Bengals sophomore wide receiver T. Higgins. Ooh. He's currently currently being drafted as the as a back end wide receiver two or a high end wide receiver three, and I think that is entirely too low. Yeah, buddy. Everybody go get you some T. Higgins. I love T. Higgins. Taking over that number one spot from A.J. Green. He looked good. Joe Burrow there. I'm all in, all in. You heard it from Justin. Everybody go get you some T. Higgins. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am your humble host, Brandon Niles. Co-hosting today is the legendary Jen Akins. Jen, thank you so much for being my co-host today. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I am uh, digging out from this ridiculous snowstorm we had in Denver yesterday. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was wondering if you were thawed by now. I was worried that we'd record and you would just be an right? icicle and it'd just be... You know, That's the funny thing <laughs> is, it's not, because it's March and it's springy, like, it wasn't exactly cold. Like, it was like 32, but we got it like two and a half feet of snow, so it's just that wet, nasty, thick, just gross, you know, spring snow. But we're <laughs> well, good. I, I'll tell you, what, my back is killing me from looking at the picture of your husband snow, uh, shoveling it. So yeah, unfortunately, he's at work right now too. He's he's working the Nuggets game, and uh, he's he's equipped with ibuprofen. I'm sure he's miserable. <laughs> Poor guy. All right, so uh, today we are uh, thrilled to be joined by Justin Edwards. Uh, you can find him at Justin underscore Redwards on Twitter. Uh, he's contributed to PFF, but he's my favorite offensive line guy. He covers lots of dynasty content, lots of offensive line rankings. He's writing constantly at 4 for 4. I honestly don't know how he keeps up. Also a chef and one of my favorite people to talk beer about. And one of my favorite people in general. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for that intro. I feel like this is a, not to break the fourth wall, but this is like the eighth different podcast I've been on with you. So we've talked, we've talked, we've talked all over the place. This is how I do. I try. This is what I do. I rope you in, right? That's what I do. I dupe you (laughs) into one. And then pretty soon you're like, how am I scheduled with Brandon seven times in the next two uh, two weeks? I don't understand. (laughs) I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. And also, you know, I've, talk to Jen all over the place too so it's great to be here with with my with my workmates <laughs> yeah poor Jen I rope her in constantly too <laughs> <laughs> that you do uh, Justin you know I you're a Bengals fan which uh does not step on your T Higgins thing because uh T Higgins is legitimately awesome I was just wondering uh with free agency underway I wanted to give you an opp- opportunity to say what you want the Bengals to do to try and protect Joe Burrow? Like, do you, do you want them to go draft, free agency? Any thoughts on what you're hoping for from your favorite team? Yeah, they're, they're, never active, they're never super active in free agency. So even after this kind of windstorm of a, of a day of signings today, Cincinnati's been off the docket, but it's not even a surprise for me anymore. Um, I would like them to go pay a little bit for a, for a guard, say like a Joe Tooney or something, and also attack the offensive line in the draft. but it's probably going to be one or the other, and I'll probably just have to deal with either Sewell or Slater coming in the in the top ten of the draft. Ooh, I'll take Penny Sewell there, though. I think that's a yeah, great fit too. for that team. That's phenomenal. Um, okay, so we're not going to talk too much free agency because uh, it's just now happening, and uh, we're like day one. Only a few signings have happened, and next week we're going to do a full free agency review with John Paulson and Chris Allen. Uh, so that's going to be fun. But we may touch on a few of the highlights from day one. Uh, I, I'm going to have Jen cover anything that's on her mind in the news right now. Jen, go ahead. 
All right. Well, my first my first news piece was a free agency, but I'm going to skip to number two and then we'll go back to one since you sure. just kind of prefaced with we're not doing free agency. <laughs> so my, my second kind of uh, news story I thought was interesting. So Drew Brees retired the other day. So today he announced that uh, he is going to the booth for NBC Sports Edge or whatever the new name of that whole conglomerate is. Um, I was just curious what you guys thought about that move. And then I kind of, it got me thinking of, you know, other, maybe players that have gone into broadcasting or just other, you know, sportscasters in general that have ended up in the booth and kind of how you guys felt, like who was the worst guy that's been out there or someone that maybe you liked that um, others didn't. Like, for example, for me personally, I, I think I'm probably the only person on the planet that liked Dennis Miller in the booth. I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> I thought he was like, you know, obviously it's it's not the right demographic and everything he said went over like 85% of football fans' heads. But I loved him in there. I thought he was absolutely hilarious. Uh, you know, Brandon, how do you, first of all, how do you feel about Breeze? Second of all, is there someone that you maybe liked that everyone else didn't or someone that was just a train wreck? You know, one thing I'll give Dennis Miller is he clearly loved football. Like, you you would hear him listening, and he clearly true. loved what, true. what was going on. Uh, his references were often over my head. <laughs> so, so uh, no, I, I'm with you. I, I don't love Dennis Miller. I don't hate him like uh, like like many do f- f- as a football announcer. Um, I Jason Witten's the guy, and I like Jason Witten. I don't want to say speak ill about him, but. I just felt like anything he added wasn't really adding, and I found myself muting the broadcast a lot when Jason Witten was uh, was out there. So he's probably my least favorite. I actually love Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo is one of my favorite announcers out there right now, uh, for football anyway. There's a lot of basketball guys out there that I love. But uh, And then I, I think Breeze will be fine. Um, you know, I, I've seen him a lot on Sesame Street because that's my life now. <laughs> And he does a good job. He taught Elmo how to measure things with a football, and I never even thought you could measure things with a football. So, uh, you know, if he could do that and bring that kind of ingenuity to the NBC broadcast and come out there, maybe he could do like a guest spot with Elmo, with the football, you know, then I, I'm in. Why not? Why wouldn't that work? <laughs> Man, I like that. You know, I'm, I'm past the, the Sesame Street phase in my house here, but so I didn't I didn't even know. But that that's a great little insight into possibly what he can bring. Justin, <laughs> Justin, do you have any thoughts here on a someone that maybe, you know, was a train wreck in the booth or, or how you feel about Breeze? Uh, well, now I feel kind of bad because my example was Dennis Miller. <laughs> <laughs> But it was also a time, so that was like 99, and so I was like 99, 2000 or something like that, so I was like 14. So if they went over other people's head, they, all of his references definitely went over my head. So if I turned on the television on Monday Night Football and Dennis Miller was talking, I would just simply watch some professional wrestling like all good 13-year-olds should do. <laughs> Well, he'd be out there, he'd be like, and Curtis Martin running through the line like Nefertiti. And he'd be like, what, what, what is that? What's that all about? That's funny. I loved it, man. I thought he was great. I mean, Tony Kornheiser, was, to me, was awful. Um, yeah, he, he I'm was, with you there. That was yeah. a bad little experiment. Um, but yeah, so all right, cool. Well, the, yeah, interesting. I was actually, you know, not 13 in, in 99, 2000. So I did I did get the Dennis Miller. Uh, <laughs> I, I got his shtick. Um, so my second news... Uh, you know, segment tonight is basically, obviously, like you said, we're going to do free agency next week on the next pod. 
And uh, to, you know, today started the legal tampering. So I figured we could talk about the fact that uh, the New England Patriots, you know, backed up the Brinks truck and just yeah. unloaded. I mean, they they signed a bunch of players. Uh, fantasy relevant wise, we got Johnny Smith tight end, and then we, they signed two wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Justin, we'll start with you. How do you feel about these? Strong thoughts? No thoughts? I think um, I don't have a huge thought on Aguilar. I like the Bourne signing a lot. I think that could end up quite well. I think he would, he could fill a lot of holes over there. He can really line up all over for him. And then the Johnny Smith is clearly, I mean, that just crushes the value of uh, Asiasi. And uh, who's the other tight end they just got last year? Dalton Keene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that it, see, they weren't relevant in year one, and they won't be in year two, clearly. <laughs> yeah, that does kind of suck for them. And I think Johnny, I like the Johnny. I think he got a lot of money. I don't know about that. But um, I do like the signing. I think that uh, I think that Josh McDaniels and I think they'll come up with some fun plays. Uh, Brandon, I mean, I kind of like the Aguilar. How do you feel, Brandon? Well, Aguilar was had like a career year last year, and uh, it was with the the Raiders where he wasn't even supposed to start. So it was really interesting to see him do that. John Paulson touched on that last week when he came on for our little bonus episode about how Aguilar at like age 20, 27, 28 is in this like hey. I had a career year. What can I get out there? So he signs two years, $26 million. That seems like a lot of money for him. Also, uh, bingo score. Who had Nelson Aguilar as the first fantasy-relevant wide receiver to sign somewhere? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to go with probably no one. That was definitely not the one I was expecting. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see what else they do. But if they don't add anybody else and Julian Edelman is, is not ready to go, as the rumors seem to indicate, then I'm definitely interested in Nelson Aguilar as someone who could get 100 targets. And if he gets 100 targets, he's going to be fantasy relevant. Absolutely. And they have Cam. You know, Cam Cam's back, and that's kind of an interesting we'll, – we'll see what happens there. I think last year was kind of rough. You know, he, he claims that he never really recovered from COVID as far as learning the playbook and getting back up to speed. So at least that's secure, and we can kind of move forward drafting it in redraft and best ball knowing you know at least who's under center there unless they decide to bring back jimmy g which has been kind of a thing you know a rumored <laughs> thing that, that may happen this week who knows doesn't that feel like a second day quarterback justin doesn't it feel like new england signed cam to the one-year deal not sold on stidham maybe they bring in like a kyle trask from florida or something like that in the, on day two and 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 yeah. that's their thing kind of a bridge doesn't it feel like that's their plan with cam Absolutely. And I think more teams that are in this kind of situation should probably look at that anyways. Yeah. It's such easy. It's just free money if you hit on any any of those guys. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. I've been stumping for Carolina to do something like that. To, to skip skip the Zach Wilson in round one. Go get you, get you Kyle Pitts or Micah Parsons. And then round two, get you some Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Grow him behind Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's a great approach. Right. I do want to say with the Pats, this is really interesting, and maybe this is just me, and it's only a little bit fantasy relevant, but the teams that remake their whole roster on day one of free agency, that doesn't usually work. And so, I don't know, this is such a departure from the Patriots of old, and obviously they're into this new era without Tom Brady, but I feel like this day one splurge with third tier free agents getting lots of money not no offense to Johnny Smith but I feel like that might be indicative of this franchise is going to continue to go downhill what do you think Jen I, I think it's odd definitely it's not the patriot way you know of what we've seen of old and so maybe they're you know last year was such a disaster and they're so not used to that 
maybe they decided to kind of flip the script and, and go, you know, heavy on day one and try to get everything that they can. Like we said, I mean, the people that they did sign is kind of a strange day one, you know, get your guy. They, they got some guys, I guess, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I think, you know, we all know that, that Bill Belichick is intentional, right? I mean, he's yeah. not, he has a plan. He's not just willy nilly grabbing people. So I think, you know, whatever plan they have, they're going with it. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can gain any ground. I mean, last year was, you know, a train wreck for them and it's something that they're not used to you know, in the modern era. Justin, from your offensive line perspective, they flip Marcus Cannon. Uh, they're going to put Trent Brown in their right tackle. They, lo- they lose Joe Tooney. Uh, offensive line-wise, do you think that there's going to be uh, – do you think they're going to be able to keep Cam upright on that offensive line? Do you think that there's going to be production there? Do you think they're going to take a big step back? I know David Andrews is still a free agent. We don't know if he's going to come back and start at center. Right. But how do you feel about the offensive line looking early at New England? Are kind of kind of middle of the road there. Uh, I think they'll do just fine. They'll do as well as anyone else would. Keeping Cam upright, I don't think they're like a bottom 10 unit. I don't think they're like a top five unit like they were for so long. Um, but I think they're, they're middle of the road. They should be just fine. Um, they, we've kind of seen that the, the far extremes of those, like the, the rankings that I end up doing, that's where we need to focus our fantasy attention. So I think the Patriots being like a, a 10 to 20th unit isn't going to affect our fantasy assets very much that makes sense that makes sense to me I was trying to think I I kind of I feel like we got to talk about Corey Davis I know I said we weren't going to talk about free agency <laughs> but but like the Jets didn't have anybody they're losing Brashad Perryman they got Denzel Mims coming back he had an injured first year and they bring in Corey Davis to big money so they got to think of him as a wide receiver one Jen are you excited about Corey Davis there with the Jets coming off a breakout season in that offense I mean, I wish I could be excited about Corey Davis. I like Corey Davis. I'm not super excited about the Jets. I guess we have to wait and see what happens, you know, with their QB situation. Having Adam Gase not be there is a bonus. So I I think that there we get a small uptick in in where I think about drafting Jets players this season. I'd like Corey Davis. I'm bummed that that he's not in Tennessee. I I, I liked him there. I mean, I'm excited kind of about AJ Brown getting more now, but we'll see. But that's a whole different topic. Uh, the Jets, you know, listen, they have Crowder, they have Davis, they have Mims. You know, Herndon, of course. You know, we're we're waiting for him to break out year after year after year. So you know, it's like they have it, but do they? You know, it's one of those things. Like, are you going to invest in the Jets? I mean, so far in best ball, I haven't. I, d- I honestly don't think I've taken one Jet player uh, yet, now that I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I don't think I have. So, um, I don't know, that's not true. I did take Corey Davis uh, as a stack with Ryan Tannehill, which is no longer. But, uh, yeah, so I do I, – I like him as a player, and I'm excited. You know, he could, he could be a difference maker depending on who's under center. We just don't know that yet. Because there's all these rumors now. I, I saw something about Sam Darnold potentially going to Seattle if Russell goes to the Bears, you know. So I would assume at that point we're looking at a rookie quarterback for the Jets unless they trade for somebody else. So I think it's kind of up in the air until we really know what's going on there. Uh, that's Ryan? a fantastic segment. Go ahead, Justin. But that's a oh, fact. Sorry. fantastic. <laughs> no, it's a fantastic segue. Go ahead, Justin. I was just going to say, to to ruin this segue real quick, <laughs> 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 that it's been, a, it's been a rough day for Ryan Tannehill. I just wanted to throw that mm-hmm. out there. It has been. It has been. They got Bed du- Bud Dupree, so he's like, good, I get to face him in practice. That's nice. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> 
<laughs> However, though, guys, there are still plenty of wide receiver free agents out there. Yeah. So, you know, they yeah. could announce, you know, they can get Kenny Galladay to, to Ryan tomorrow. You Ooh. know, we don't we don't know that. So we're not going to throw a pity party yet for Mr. Tannehill. But right. today was today was not the best. <laughs> I Now I'm just imagining like a, a literal pity <laughs> right? party. Like you invite Ryan, you invite like what you invite like two of his friends because he's probably he's probably got what four friends or so. You, you only invite two. Right. So you put happy pity. Right. You come in, you give a little hat and the little clown makeup and he's just sad. No, I'm very Sad music in the background. Mm-hmm. Womp womp. <laughs> Welcome to your pity party, Ryan. No, I'm sorry. I kid Ryan Tannehill. I kid Ryan Tannehill. Uh, it, the fantastic segue that, that Jen brought up that Justin just threw in the garbage. Ooh, just just threw it, it in the trash. Uh, <laughs> our feature feature segment where I talk about a, a, a an article that came out at 4 for 4 that I love. Anthony Staggs' mock draft. Uh, check it out. It's on the website. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, he has the Jets taking Zach Wilson. Uh, so I was going to ask uh, both of you, we'll start with Justin, does Zach Wilson change the way you view that Jets passing game? And if they draft him, do you have interest in, A, the weapons there, and B, Zach Wilson? Not extremely. Um, I, I was kind of under the impression, I don't know why, just reading too many mock drafts, that they were leaning towards fields earlier in the winter. Uh-huh. And I was kind, of, was kind of excited about that and just like get it, getting to see his legs under him. But, you know, over the last month or two, he's kind of pushed down the board and Zach Wilson's come up to the, that number two overall. Um, I would be super excited to get Zach Wilson in, say, a dynasty league where they can continue to build around him. But for, like, his year one, uh, I don't know if I would be pushing down the barriers to be grabbing him in redraft leagues. Yeah, Jen, uh, any interest? He, he did do a lot of running in college, so he may have a little bit of that Konami code. Uh, to, to go after, what do you think of Zach Wilson as like a late option looking at him in redraft? Uh, in one QB redraft, no. I, I mean, you know, it might be the kind of thing that you keep an eye on him and, and grab him off the waiver wire if something happens. But I think there's enough quality quarterbacks already in the league, uh, you know, as far as one QB redraft leagues. I think in best ball, it's, he's kind of an interesting, he could be a kind of an interesting option at the end. However, um, I did. Ha- I had an article come out today, actually, on four for four, the uh, basically the the best win rates for quarterbacks from last season. I kind of looked over it for Best Ball Ten, and Ooh. what I did find, which is interesting, is that kind of those late round dart throws don't really pan out, right? So unless unless you're really like basically rounds fifteen through twenty, you really don't want to get a quarterback unless they have legit QB one potential, because then it just doesn't make any sense at that point. So if you're going to do it, you want obviously someone that does have rushing ability for that, you know, Konami code. But, um, you know, he's someone that I guess if you're in maybe like an FFPC where you've got like 20, whatever, 28 rounds or something, and you can afford to grab that third quarterback, why not throw a dart at him? But I think if you're in a smaller like those FFPC slim leagues or in, you know, best ball tens where there's only 20 rounds and you have, you know, because you have to start three wide receivers and two running backs. And it just doesn't make a sense a lot of those times. I did find with the data to grab that late round quarterback. So I think he's one of those that, you know, if you really feel like, I guess it just depends, obviously, if he ends up there, whoever ends up there, um, maybe worth a stab, but I probably am not going to. Okay. Any more, more or less interested in the weapons with Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold, or is it the same? Same Same-ish, I would think. I mean, Corey Davis, you know, adds another little wrinkle, but I think it's about the same. I mean, we know what we have in Darnold. We don't know what we have in these rookies. We don't know how they're going to adjust to the NFL the pace, all of that stuff. So 
I think it's, it would be really about the same for me. The same amount of, of not a lot of interest. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I, I agree as well. I think it's pretty much the same thing that Darnold offered, maybe. Maybe this yeah. is kind of just the devil, devil you don't know. Until Wilson proves that he's a, a top-tier NFL quarterback or something, that I don't think it changes. That makes sense. I'm really interested to see what the Jets do. Um, I'm I'm curious if they add another running back, if they upgrade the tight end position. I finally dropped Chris Herndon in all my <laughs> dynasty leagues. So finally did that while I've been staring at him for two years, uh, giving him that giving that side eye for the last year. But um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, everybody uh, keep it on Anthony Stax's mock draft. He's going to continue to put out stuff like that uh, leading up to the draft and leading up to our draft show where he will join me on there. So keep an eye on out for that and definitely read Jen's article she just mentioned. I will also put that link in the show notes if I remember to ask Jen to send it to me. So, <laughs> folks, early bird pricing for 2021 4 for 4 memberships are available. Don't hesitate to sign up early and capitalize on the ever-growing off-season content we bring you day in and day out. Check out Classic, Pro, and DFS embedding memberships up to 25% off right now. See 444.com slash plans for details. Let's move over to our main segment. Uh, Justin was on to talk about post-combine results, which we do have some post-combine results based on pro days. But, J Justin, why do we only have a few combine results? Why are they not really combine results? Well, they are just pro days. So we got to kind of, I wouldn't say take the numbers with a grain of salt, but it has been proven that there is a, a little bit of a wide berth between pro day numbers and typical combine numbers. And, of course, this year we won't be having the full-fledged um, Indianapolis Combine like we have in years past. Every school is just kind of running their own out there. Uh, we could, it'll still give us numbers that we can look at, but we'll probably have to put even less stock in them than we even normally would. Yeah, and looking at the pro days, you know, we're, we're like a third of the way through them, right? Like, yeah. it's, there, there's still quite a few left to, left to say. Uh, from the ones that we've had, which includes Clemson, um, Clemson had it like a month ago, and uh, Trevor Lawrence showed showed up and showed out. Uh, of the pro days, anyone that you've spotted that has really kind of caught your eye? Uh, I have been hearing some pretty good things about Trey Lance. And speaking of those those big mock draft boards, he's been sliding higher and higher and higher on those. Um, I know there were a lot of teams in attendance during his pro day. Uh, the Panthers were out there. Um, the Eagles were out there. Both of their offensive coordinators were out there. I've heard rumblings of San Francisco trading up into like that top five range and taking them, which would be Ooh. pretty pretty phenomenal. I mean, that would be a, a huge kick in Trey Lance's um, fantasy relevance if he was taken in the top five to San Francisco. That has clearly not been super happy with Garoppolo over the last few seasons. So that's one guy. Uh, there hasn't been a, a ton, obviously. You said Clemson. Um, I don't think, you know, we learned anything about Trevor Lawrence. He's going to Jacksonville with the 99% chance. Maybe there's something that happens there, but I haven't heard it. Yeah, he um, pretty much just needed to come out and not crap his pants on the middle on the on <laughs> midfield. Like as long as right. he didn't come out and just crap his pants at midfield, I think he's still he's safe to still go number one. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Amari Rogers did work out with Clemson. I was, I haven't been able to find any numbers, but that's a guy who could end up in around the third round of the the real NFL draft, which would uh, likely correlate with some uh, with some dynasty relevance. But we'll we'll see. 
He's got a little Percy Harvin in him. I don't think he's quite as explosive, but he's just as versatile. Like, they ran a lot of those jet sweeps with him, and they had that mm-hmm. going on at the pro day. They had uh, they had oh, Lawrence okay. kind of lining up with him, and he, he, he was kind of Lawrence's target and buddy for the pro day was kind of his okay. main function there. But he, he's got a little Curtis Samuel, a little Randall Cobb. He's got kind of that vibe to, to me when I watch him. Interesting. Okay. Was there – so, okay, so – Based on these pro days, was there anyone that just sucked? You know, like, was there anyone that just came in, like, overweight, didn't do anything, looked bad? Um, uh, of, of the ones that I could find, of the pro days that I could find, and I, th- I think uh, Brandon and I were kind of hinting at this before we came on, was uh, Puka Williams. He didn't come in especially overweight, but he came in <laughs> very underweight. Uh, he came in at 5'9", 175. Five being five nine isn't like a a death knell, but one seventy five is a like literally it's like the first percentile in weight for running back. Yeah, that's so, worrisome. Yeah, that's like uh, for a human. I mean, I'm five yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, and, You know what I mean? I'm five ten, and like, yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so he he uh, came out. I don't, Small. I don't know if that weight is going to kick him out of the the league or anything, but he could be a he could be a seventh round pick and might just be a special teams guy and. That won't have any relevance in the fantasy world. Is his name actually Puka, or is that a? I think his nickname? name is Puka. God, that's Puka funny. Williams also doesn't have any toes. <laughs> he I'm doesn't sorry, have any what? Toes? Is on that either real? on either foot? He, on one foot, he had a uh, like a lawnmower accident. Oh my goodness! I had no idea. He's always really the fast. lawnmower accident. <laughs> he's man. He really is very fast. fast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible how fast he can cut with. <laughs> With, yeah. with losing, I don't mean to laugh at his feet, but wait, does how, he have like he doesn't have all five or like the middle three or you don't know? No, I think he's I think he's missing like all of his toes on one of his feet. Wow, that's oh incredible. my goodness, it's amazing. I know his name is Anthony Puka Williams. Um, okay, so yeah, he he ran a four three seven. One thing about him, he ran a lot of routes as a receiver uh, during the pro okay. day, which is not something that we expected from him necessarily. Um, I mean, he he caught sixty balls his first two seasons at Kansas. So, you know, he did show off legit receiving uh, skills. And when you watch the tape, like he adjusts well to poorly thrown balls. So uh, he might have kind of like a versatile weapon, third down back kind of uh, role at the next level. I'm, I'm really interested. The, the weight, like you said, the weight is scary because you, he ran a lot of inside and he didn't shy away from contact when he was at Kansas. But at the NFL level, you worry about him just getting killed at that size. Right. So 175 we'll, is so light. It is at that at that position. So I, I'm curious to see what he does. But he had a good pro day otherwise. Like, he looked good. The shuttle time was 4.01. That was a good time for him. Had a 33-inch oh, yeah, vertical. So uh, struggled a little with the broad jump. But outside of that, yeah, gosh, I had no idea about the lawnmower accident. That's wild. <laughs> that is really nuts. He doesn't have any toes on his right foot uh, due to a lawnmower accident when he was nine years old. Boy, and he runs a 4.37. That's incredible. Right. That's incredible. That's- uh, when you think about it, if it happened when he was nine, then, you know, he's pretty well adjusted to that. I mean, he basically grew up, you know, he learned to play right. football with no toes. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, did you catch the Northwestern Pro Day? Yeah, it didn't seem like there was, I couldn't find anyone um, of fe- fantasy relevance. I do see Rashawn Slater, though. That's what I was going to ask if he looks oh, legit yeah, yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's uh, pretty, pretty much everyone has him number two among offensive linemen after Panay Sewell. And so I was just curious if he looked to you, because I don't know what I'm looking at when I watch offensive linemen. So if he looked to you like he's as legit as people said, could he really boost the run game or the pass protection wherever he lands? Yeah, as long as you're, as long as you're not falling over yourself out there, you're usually pretty good. 
Um, his <laughs> he, he he was um high bar I, for offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, a lot of times, what for better or for worse, a lot of people are looking for your arms, your arm length, which is like he has kind of um I guess stubbier arms, and people are like. <laughs> Just because of the length of his arms, they're talking about him moving inside, but he's it, it's kind of ridiculous, honestly. I see he's a, he's a tackle, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I you know I I'm looking through these pro day. Anyone you're really excited to watch as the schedule kind of comes up when you're looking at the schedule? Anyone you're really eyeing to figure out uh, where exactly they're gonna fit in uh, in the draft and 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 you know how high they might get drafted? Yeah, I want to see um, both of the North Carolina. Both uh, North Carolina men out there. I want to see uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. I'm really interested in Michael Carter. I think he could be like a year one uh, pass catching back, depending on where he goes and depending on the kind of draft capital uh, someone's willing to spend on him. And I think the North Carolina Pro Day is the 29th. Yeah, it's March 29th. So I, would, I want to watch both of those running backs coming out of North Carolina and see, see how they fare. Yeah, and Williams, he just kind of has to not run like a 4-8, right? As long as he doesn't run like right. a 4-8, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. But Carter could blow some people away, right? Yeah, I'm stoked about that. He, um, he's probably one of the guys I'm kind of uh, falling for early in this process here. He's fun to watch. They, those two, like he was the lightning to Williams' thunder. Those two just ran mm-hmm. over opponents. It was fantastic. Yeah. I like to hear that because I've uh, I've drafted him a couple times so far already in best ball. He just seems to oh, always kind nice. of be there when yeah when there's kind of a lull in the you know in, the, in those those later mid to later rounds when you're like okay and then I kind of see him I'm like well I've heard good things let's just click him yeah so I've drafted him a couple times so that's exciting I have not actually seen him I have not watched any film on him but I, I'm excited to hear that you like him yeah he's a quick quick boy. Quick dude. Uh, I, I really think the only way that place he struggles is pass protection. Like, that's the only thing mm-hmm. uh, he really struggles to pick up a blitz. So, like, it, it, the only problem with the NFL, he may not see the field because of that. That would be the only yeah. thing that, that I would think. Uh, Javante Williams, on the other hand, is really good at that already. So, mm-hmm. it, part of it might be that. They just never asked him to do it. But he's, I, I mean, a top-level pass catcher, great route runner, too. Like, he can line up in the slot, caught 20 balls each of the last three seasons. It just... Yeah, he's, he's fantastic, Jen. I think that's a great dart throw for you late in best ball. Yeah, I like it. Well, I have a question. Do you guys, is there anyone that you are, you guys are not into that everyone else is super into, like rookie-wise? Is there anyone, like aside from combine and pro day results, just in general, like are there any rookies that are getting a lot of hype that either of you are just not buying this year at least for fantasy? Not dynasty, but redraft. I'm not big on uh, Rondale Moore. I think he could be a question mark. And he's going he's been going in the first rounds of like rookie drafts. I'm not sure about best ball. I'm, I mean I guarantee he's going somewhere in the middle rounds. Um I think he's another small guy. I think he's gonna be a gadget guy. I don't think he's gonna get enough touches to be fantasy relevant. Um he's been injured since two thousand eighteen. He's played seven games over the last two seasons. So he's bringing all those red flags in. So I think he's a guy that could go in the real life draft and like the the turn of the first and second round and i i'm not sure he's going to be fantasy relevant the way other people think he is i like that Interesting. Pe- i'm looking right now at just 
I'm sorry. I was just going to say this one one best ball I'm in. I just happened to pull up, and he went uh, in the 13th. He went 13th. Oh, okay. Okay, that's this, that's later than I figured he was going. But I I guarantee he'll be going higher than that once he uh, signs a contract with an NFL team, though. Right. It happens and every his, year. His pro day is next week on the 23rd, and uh, he might run really fast, and he might he's probably going to go in the first round. So yeah, you're probably right. His his value will go up, especially on the on the position on the spot. I haven't done enough homework on more. Uh, Jen, to answer your question, March 23rd, Alabama's pro day. I want to see what Devontae Smith weighs in at because he looks like a guy, if he weighed 20 more pounds, I'd feel so much more comfortable uh, drafting right. him as one of the top rookie receivers in this draft. But at like a buck 65, which is what he looks like Ooh. soaking wet, like, you know, he might, <laughs> he might be 170 or something. He looks real thin and he does not look like he's got the frame to put on a bunch of weight. And so I just worry about him being cast as a number one, as a like legit outside number one threat o- over guys like Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman and even Terrace Marshall, who's a big bodied possession receiver. I, I just, I-, I worry about that. So I'm going to be curious to see if he looks as small at his pro day and if he, if, if he's still really light at his pro day as he looks on tape. And if that's the case, I'm going to be worried about the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, you know, producing at the next level. I like it. That makes sense to me. I know a lot of people just yeah. kind of go with that, you know, oh, he won the Heisman and, he, and, you know, Alabama and it's just like automatic. But, you know, you have to be able to translate. And at that size, you know, you may not. And like you said, if he doesn't have the actual frame to put on the weight, I mean, and the thing is, it's crazy with these guys is some of them are like 21. You know, they're so young. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, look at pictures of me at 21 versus now. And, you know, it's, it's a different body type. Right. Yeah, I, I also had, like, that douche face, that douchebag face when I was 21. <laughs> um, now, I just, now I'm just, like, puffy and, and tired all the time. Like, it's, it's a, a big difference. Well, you're a dad. It's a difference. You, like, <laughs> par- parenthood changes, you know, whether or not you actually physically birth the child or not, it doesn't matter. Your, bo- your body changes, you yeah, know? I still, haven't <laughs> slept, I still haven't slept in five years, so, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had like a line beard when I was 21 years old. So things change, you know, nice. you can, you can can fill out, you know, you can, you can get a little puffier and it'll work (laughs) at the next level, at the professional level. I like it. I like it. Just, you'll have to send pictures, Justin. It's very important. Uh, We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll have to do it off air. (laughs) Off air. I need photos. That's how it works. I agree. Photos for all. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Justin, uh, looking at the draft, and this is, uh, like I said, this was supposed to be far more combine-related and less general draft talk, but since this is where we are and this is the time <laughs> that we're in, I, I do want to ask uh, position group strengths. Like, what position groups do you think are going to yield the most uh, fantasy production in year one versus, um, you know, some of the weaker groups? I think, and we've kind of been talking around it, I guess not talking around it, but we've mentioned it a few times in this in the last 15 minutes or so is the there are so many slot specialist receivers coming out that i think like a lot of veteran slot specialists in the nfl are about to get pushed not even like down the depth chart but like out of the league there are maybe eight slot specialist wide receivers that could go in the first three rounds and there's gadget types there's guys that can line up all over the place there are a handful that lined up in the slot on 85% or more of their team snaps. 
because and with the prevalence of the NFL offenses spreading out more, I think they can come in, take over, and these slower thirty-year-old slot guys are going to be just out of the league. You may be right, uh, Jen. Do you think guys like Adam Humphreys who aren't on a roster right now, those types of guys, are going to struggle like Justin indicates? I mean, yeah, it appears so. I think it's interesting. It's kind of like the you know a changing of the guard, if you will. You know, there and and like you said, there's a lot of those guys out there in the NFL that are that were released ahead of free agency and that are hanging out, and they may not get gigs depending on where these guys land. I think it's an interesting concept that I actually hadn't even thought of till right now you mentioned it, but it makes a lot of sense. There's a bunch of those guys out there kind of hanging around waiting to get jobs and they may get pushed out earlier, you know, in their career than they would have liked, or they may end up on practice squads or whatever, if that ends up the case. But um, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of where the dominoes fall, where these guys end up going and how, you know, those rosters pan out for those teams. Yeah. Jen, how do you usually approach rookies in general when you're looking at best ball? leagues you know i i admittedly am not a huge you know i don't watch a lot of film i don't pay a a ton of attention you know other than kind of the top guys i i don't know a lot of the you know the round five and six you know guys that'll be that'll be drafted um i do you know when it comes to best ball i do like to take a stab you know maybe at least one per position you know i'll grab a rookie running back i'll grab a you know a rookie wide out I definitely will not take a rookie tight end. Um, we talked about this a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yep. I know that everybody is in love with Kyle Pitts. I still will not be drafting him regardless of, you know, landing spot. I mean, I guess it depends, you know, may, I can't say never, but where his ADP is right now already, not, yeah, I, I can pretty much guarantee I'm not going to draft him. Uh, you know, qu- <laughs> quarterback wise, it would have to be someone, you know, special, but you know, for fantasy, it's just, it's really tough for, you know, for rookies to hit. I think that, you know, running backs kind of need to be in in a specific situation. They need to, you know, a lot of times they need to have, you know, an injury or something to kind of propel them up the depth chart, unless they end up in a position where, you know, there's a committee that they can kind of shine and get up, you know, wide receiver, I feel like is something that's a little bit more, you know, easy to gauge where, where someone can show up like Justin Jefferson or, you know, someone that can actually, be on a team where, where where they're they're drafted as that wide receiver too, or as that gadget guy that can that can be fantasy relevant down the stretch. Um, I definitely don't reach for him, but I will try to pepper him in just in case you know one hits. It's interesting too. You look uh, the history of first round and specifically top ten drafted tight ends from a fantasy perspective, not great. Like you've got you've got Todd Heap in there who's good and all that, but like. The best of the best, tra- you know, Kelsey and, and Rob Gronkowski and Darren Waller and Jimmy Graham and all those guys are guys that were picked up late. Those top 10 and, and first round guys are peppered with Vernon Davis and, you know, <laughs> Dustin Keller and Brandon Pettigrew. Like those are the types of guys you usually see. Yeah. Now, we, we did see TJ Hawkinson go eighth a couple years ago, but yeah, it's just interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if Kyle Pitts can overcome that because he sure looks like he's going to go top 10. That's, that's what I would. Yeah. I just, you know, I think for fantasy wise and listen, NFL, you know, that, I mean, tight end, we know it's a weird position, right? I mean, a lot of them are blocking most of the time sometimes, you know, so they have to learn all that and it's different. And I think that, you know, for fantasy purposes, I feel like usually it's, it's a third year breakout, you know, every now and then you get a guy in a second year that shows up, but most of the guys that break out, you know, are those third year guys, you know, Kittle and, and, 
you know, uh, Hawkinson really, you know, Jacecki kind of, you know, if you call that a breakout, I think some of these guys, it just, you know, people want because also fantasy wise, you know, tight end is such a disaster that people it want is. so badly <laughs> to have someone new and people are so fired up to get these, you know, this fresh blood. And it's just every year it's, it disappoints us. And we have to like, you know, temper those expectations. Like these, these rookies are not going to show up and all of a sudden, you know, be a tight end three, you know, for, for the season. It's just, it's not going to work that way, but it just doesn't, you know, we've got enough data that supports that we've got to just hold off as much as people want to just insert Kyle Pitts into like, you know, tight end one territory. It just, I don't know that that's going to happen right away. I will say with that's rookies, just my two cents. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. <laughs> I will say with, um, with like rookies in best ball in specific, I did do a study last year and I'm, I'll be revamping it for this year uh, sometime after the draft. Um, if you really like a running back and you're on the clock in best ball, like just go get them now because after the draft, almost a hundred percent of them are going to go up boards. Um, mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift went up around after the draft. Jonathan Taylor went up two rounds. Dobbins went up one round. CEH went up five rounds. Akers went up three rounds. Keyshawn Vaughn, rest in peace, went up 11 rounds. <laughs> like, all of these guys are going to go up as soon as they have an NFL jersey. So if you like them now, just, just take them at ADP. I'm surprised that all of them went up. Because, like, Jonathan Taylor, I thought, wasn't a great landing spot coming out of the draft. Like, obviously, he turned out good at the end of the season. But coming out of the draft, you're like, oh, Marlon Max there. He might share time. I, I'm just surprised to hear that. But I bet you're yeah, right. They're, they're all from... Um, from March of last year, and then when I did the revisited the study, it was in May. In that two months, this is where they all jumped. That's interesting because I was just gonna say Ceh. I would think would be because of you know the, the you know COVID of uh, yeah, and and it, well because he uh, what's his name opted out, Damian Williams. Oh well, yep. he went even higher than that because in May Ceh was going four ten. So after Williams opted out, he was going in like the third. Right. I, I saw I saw yeah, Ceh was... going like top eight. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he was a first went, round pick by, right before the season. <laughs> I hate yeah. it. Yeah. It was so bad. No, he... That was such bad process, and I'm so mad that it came to fruition for all those people. <laughs> it's awful, awful, awful. Yeah, last year. Well, you know what? Listen, COVID, you know, made a dent and and, and impacted everything. That's true. You know, draft wise, <laughs> and you know, people. I mean, it, it wasn't luckily, thank God, it wasn't as bad as we all you know thought it possibly could be. Heading yeah, into right. the season, I mean, we we ended up actually getting a full season, and there wasn't a ton of people that were out for extended periods of time. But it's still kind of you know it was weird, like heading into the draft, no one really knew what was going on, so yeah. it was kind of a free for all as far as ADP and all that stuff. And I laugh, but in my main league, I went Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, George Kittle in my uh, uh, my first three picks, yeah. and thought I just crushed it. So I <laughs> oh, can't, I, I can't really was... talk too much. <laughs> That was gorgeous process. It just right? didn't work out. It was. Yeah. That's like, yeah. It's like Scott Fishbowl for me. Like I went, I was so excited. I had the, you know, I was, I was on the 12 spot on the turn and I was so proud. I went Breeze Thomas. I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, it was not <laughs> at all. Oh, all right. So, uh, you know, I love you guys. We, we talk, it's been like, it's already out of time and I feel like we didn't talk about anything. <laughs> So this is, this is, this is, this is wonderful. This is awesome. We'll see how this listens, but I sure had fun chatting with the both of you. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. Um, I, 
I just want to say it's it's cool. Yeah, well, I'm going to say something anyways. I, just, I think it's cool how um, people have been so so good at adapting. Um, people in the football industry, football players, whoever, like having this talk about the post combine when literally the combine didn't even happen and we were able to <laughs> go through it pretty pretty smoothly. I think it, I think it's cool. I I just appreciate how how well people can adapt on the fly. It's cool. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us, Justin. I sure appreciate it. I'm looking forward to when you come back, which I know you will because we'll rope you into it. Uh, everyone, <laughs> be sure to follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwards. Read all of his fantastic content at 444.com. Uh, Jen, any final thoughts before we go? No, I don't think I have any final thoughts. This was great. I love chatting with both of you as always. Um, what I didn't know. I mean, I've got some more best ball content coming out. We do have some, uh, we're going to be doing some free agent profiles. Once everyone starts signing, we'll be writing those up on yeah. the impacts to their uh, respective teams. So keep a, keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, it's been great. Great first day of legal tampering. I look forward to what's ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, listeners, we're going to open up the mailbag at some point, so tweet us questions. You can email me at brandon at 444.com. Periodically answer select questions on the podcast, so send them in. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 2GuysBrandon and at the Monday Mommy. Thank you so much. Have a good day. <laughs>